Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swam, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn, and I'm joined once again by the wonderful Andrea Ayala. Ayala. Yeah, you crushed it. There we go. I got yeah. it. I got it. Third time's a charm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, the Senior Community Manager at ScalePad. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, we've talked about personal brand, authenticity, and community, why it's important, the network effect. And today we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive on what looks like authenticity and community, and maybe as an individual, maybe as a company. I don't know. I'll let Pulling you take it, it wherever together. you want. Pulling it all together into one. Um, yeah. hmm, so, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about this previously um, in, in, in different ways. Um, over, I think over the course of uh, my career, I've had a lot of opportunity to build different programs, um, and they've all kind of centered around, you know, what are the benefits for the people who are going to be using them? And, and what can we bring to to make it easier for them? How can we make their lives easier? And I think sometimes that's overlooked um, with new you know products coming out and 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 new um, programs being built and partner programs and advisory councils and all that stuff. There's it's it's often overlooked of what are the actual benefits here? What's gonna drive somebody to be uh, to continue to want to be a part of this? Um, and it's not an easy thing to figure out. I don't think it, it really depends on a person um, and and what really drives them. I um, was reading a book uh, recently where they talked about um, individual drivers of motivation and what motivates uh, a person to uh, succeed or to want to be, you know, a part of something um and everyone's different some people are motivated by money which you'll find you know like that's why a lot of vendors do those uh those giveaways for uber eats or whatever doordash for it to come to their webinars the people motivated by money some people are motivated by recognition um and some people are motivated just purely by for helping uh, and feeling like they're you know a help to somebody else and if you could combine all of those things into one, I think you've got kind of like a secret sauce of um, here's here's what you can you can give to a community. It's definitely like uh, if you want to have the best version of the community that you have, you need to know how every individual person in that community is motivated. Um, and some people want uh, sometimes like just asking them is the best way to do it. It's like, yeah, I gave you a Starbucks gift card. Would you like that more than? I don't know, having another 30 minute phone call. Some people are like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk to you. Give me Starbucks. Yeah. And I think it takes asking and like having those hard questions too. Um, because when, uh, when you don't, you're, it's left, a lot of things are left on the table. Like it's a lot of ambiguity. Um, and, and feeling like co- confident and comfortable enough to say, are we, is what we're doing right? Is what we're doing wrong give us some feedback here um it's it's easier to 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 ask for feedback than it is i think to accept it sometimes in personal and in professional it's true um i think being able to accept honest criticism it's like i always try to explain people was like i good ideas should live on their own uh and 
you, I'm, I'm, for those of you just listening, I'm trying to surround myself with my hands. You, the ethereal <laughs> you, not just me, not just you, but you, the person listening to this, you are a you. Um, if you can divorce your ideas from your own self-worth, it's like you are more than the collection of ideas that you hold. And if somebody, if you can't do that and somebody tries to give you honest criticism or honest feedback or tries to help, tries to explain something in a different light that may change one of your beliefs, you'll take that as an attack on yourself because of the amount of self-worth you ascribe to holding that belief. So what I try to tell anyone, and a community can largely operate as an individual. Like if it's like the community is more than the set of beliefs it has. And if the people can't um, in the community can't divorce the beliefs the community has from the worth the community has trying to solicit this open and honest feedback or trying to give it back to them and say, actually, this thing that you want, you don't really want. And here's why, or it's, it's going to be bad for you as a whole for these other reasons that we've all considered because it's our full-time job to do so, but maybe you haven't, let's talk about it. They, if they're not prepared for that, they'll just end up, uh, I, I don't want to say devolving into chaos, but some version thereof. Yeah. And if you get defensive almost when, when you feel like, Oh no, you're not, you're not listening to what I want, but sometimes we are right. Sometimes as a vendor, we are listening to what all of our partners are asking for and what they, um, what we feel like we can give them um, in the amount of time that they need for it to, <laughs> to be live. Right. And we're taking into account everyone's uh, opinions and ideas. And those are the partners when they're, when they're more vocal is, is the ones that we hear more often. Um, but there's a lot that just don't give their feedback or they don't have a mechanism to be able to do that. Um, and we, you miss out on, on hearing their opinions as well too. It's like when you're, if you went to college or you were in high school or anything like that, and you were a quiet person, um, it was always the person who, who, answered the most questions or who talked the most in class, it, that's the one who, who drove the conversation a lot of the times. And that's usually, that's every conversation probably that you've been around, right? The person who's the loudest, who is the most talkative, they're the ones that are going to drive the conversation. But the person that's the quietest is really thinking about the what's happening and what's going on and they're processing it. And I think those are the, that's the feedback we want is the ones who are really taking the time to think about it um, before they speak on it. Um, and, and finding those little gems of, of how they're using a product or what, what's going wrong. Um, that's what we want for sure. What's uh, what's the psychological term for, um, like, as you learn more about a subject, you feel like, you know, less, so you view yourself as less intelligent than those around you. And the less, you know, on a subject, the more you believe, you know, cause you're not aware of what you don't know. Well, I guess it's a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Like you, you know, you know, you know a lot, but in your mind, you don't think you know a lot. And so it, it really messes with you sometimes where, or, you know, you for you, you hear someone talking about like a trend or an idea and you're like, Hey, I thought of, I thought about that too, but I just didn't think it was good enough. Um, so I think validating, um, that feedback, whether it be from the loudest person or the quietest, um, Helps yeah. them continue to want to give that feedback, right? Yeah, it's the, uh, the I knew it was popular. The Dunning Kruger effect. That I, I would have never, in the I would have never got that name ever. <laughs> it is <laughs> the Dunning Kruger. Dunning Kruger effect. It is when a person's lack of knowledge or skill in a certain area causes them to overestimate their own con uh, own competence. 
By contrast, this also drives those who excel in a given area to think that it is simple for everyone else, leading them to underestimate their own abilities. So it's like a, the more you learn, the less you feel like you know. The less you learn, the more you feel like you know. It's like that's, I guess, a simple way of putting it. And you're absolutely right. In my mind, the job of like a really, really high quality community manager is to find the people that are not vocal. And if you don't, they'll never speak up for themselves. They'll mm-hmm. never jump into the conversation in the heat of it or offer some advice that might be uh, you know, flowing against what the community at large is given. But if you if you purposely call them out and obviously make sure they're comfortable with it and you say, hey, you usually have some really great things to say. What do you think about this? And you give them that time and that platform and that space. If you don't do that, all that good advice just washes away and never comes back. Yeah. And so what areas do you see, um, turn the tables on you a little bit, what areas you know, do you see where you can find those people? It's, it's, it's difficult to find them, I feel like. And it's a needle in a haystack sometimes. So uh, some of this might sound, I guess, incredibly, it's like when you, when you say it, you're like, yeah, that makes so much sense, of course. And then realizing when it's happening or realizing when, when examples of these are occurring is very hard to detect in the moment unless you've like really trained yourself to recognize the following. If somebody asks an intelligent question, and by intelligent, I don't mean an intelligent person asks a question. A question that somebody asks, if you consider the question intelligent, it helps. It does one of two things. It is um, confirming or challenging their own beliefs, or it is helping you realize that you should challenge your own belief or confirm your own belief, right? So when I would be going through, uh, when I was doing sales calls, this is how I would recognize if a partner had really understood the needs of their own business, what I could do for them, and where those meet or don't meet is if I would show up to a, a sales call and uh, I've said this before, I'd say, give me your acceptance criteria. Give me all the things that you know this needs to do for your company. And if I can't do them, you can't work. with me. And many, many partners say, I don't have that. Just show me what you do. And the partners that did have that, they're like, here's my Excel spreadsheet. Here's the things that are non-negotiable. Here are things that we would really like to see. Frankly, if you have all of this, we're just going to work with you. It's like, those are the partners where one of two things happened. I either knew immediately, hey, we can work with you and you should like, we should absolutely be working together for these reasons. The second was partners where we didn't quite, we wanted to work with, but we didn't quite fit all of their needs. It was like a really eye-opening experience for us to say, are we building the right things? Are we listening to the right people? Are we approaching the community in the correct way? <laughs> um, and then the second part of recognizing these people is you, um, you mentioned like sometimes they're quiet. That's not always the case, but I would say largely, you know, the people who are the most thoughtful, there is no knee-jerk response. There is a thought out, let me go, let me go back, let me think about it. It's they're not being lazy. It's not that they're not willing to confront you. It's that the reason they have such great advice is because the way they make their decisions is through this incredible, incredibly thoughtful process. And so if you don't give them the time, they say, I need to go think about this. If you don't give them the time to go do that, um, you're not going to get their response. They're just going to say, no, I'm not going to give you a response. I haven't thought about it enough. I'm not going to make a judgment call here because I don't think I have enough to make a judgment call. Um, that, that's how I usually recognize it is if they slow the pace of the conversation down purposely to try and get more information. And if they ask intelligent questions that challenge or confirm beliefs, or that's the aim of those questions, it's not just yes or no. And it's not just, 
jumping on the bandwagon or jumping off the bandwagon. It's like, uh, well, given all these other things, why do you still believe this? That's a super intelligent question. I don't know. Let me think about it. Yeah. I think all that stuff is valuable. Like how to, how to find those individuals and, and when you're having the conversations and the sales team is the first line of defense always for that. And they're your biggest advocate in your, um, in your company because they're the ones that are having those deep calls and, and the SEs, technical trainers, all that stuff. Um, they're the ones that are figuring out the problems and um, hopefully being the ones to um, help you solve them too. Well, let's wrap up on uh, how do you identify these people? Um, I, th- I think a lot of it is through is through conversation, right? And um, and asking uh, broadly. Sometimes it's better to send something out um, to a mass and and see who responds back, who has the time. But I think face to face contact is always more valuable to me to figure that stuff out and and figure figuring out um, a solution to a problem meeting those individuals who might not feel comfortable um, mm. sending or don't have the time to send in, you know, feedback or join the community or anything like that. It's at these events, these smaller ones, to even the larger ones, um, finding those, those people who um, maybe are alone at the event or have come up and they're, and they're a little bit shy, but they, but they have, you know, like, a wealth of knowledge of, of what you do, but they just aren't comfortable um, asking those questions. And so maybe the person on the other end needs to be kind of understanding of that and meet people where they're at. Um, and so I, I always try to meet someone where they're at. If they're not comfortable, you know, having a conversation with me, maybe they'll have uh, a, a, a better conversation with somebody more technical where they feel like they can really, um, elaborate on on certain specifics and feel comfortable with uh, the conversation rather than it just being um, with me. So all wise advice, go, go listen to the people who are typically more quiet and you'll, you might get right thoughtful response. Yeah. Awesome. For folks who wanted to connect with you or connect with ScalePad, how would you suggest they do that? Yeah. So you can um, reach out to me and the rest of the community team at community at scalepad.com, or you can go check out our website, scalepad.com. We did launch um, a new community uh, last December um, and that's community.scalepad.com. And uh, you can join for free and check out our resources. Um, give us some great feedback if you want to do that too. Um, and always you can check me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message if you want to have a further conversation. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, It was wonderful chatting with you. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for having me. Anytime. See you all in the next one. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.